Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 186 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for another day in your word. Help us receive the message you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's see what Matthew is writing about in chapter 8. Jesus heals many, many people in this chapter. Verse 18 tells us of a prophecy that was fulfilled relating to all these healings. And thus he fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He himself took in order to carry away our weaknesses and infirmities and bore away our diseases. Jesus healed a man from leprosy. Then a commander asked him to heal his servant boy. He was more than willing to go to the commander's house, but the commander told him there was no need. Jesus was astounded at this man's belief. In verse 13, he said, Go, it shall be done for you as you have believed. And the servant boy was restored to health at that very moment. Take note of Jesus' words here. It shall be done for you as you have believed. We need to take our belief up a notch, my friend. The leper asked him if he was willing to heal him, and Jesus said he was willing. Our Lord is willing and able, my friend. Next, he heals Peter's mother-in-law and then many, many others. We read about the storm on the sea that frightened the disciples. The boat was being filled with water while Jesus was sleeping. This shows me that whatever storm we go through, Jesus isn't worried. He isn't wringing his hands. He is at peace. And when the disciples woke him up telling him they were perishing, he said, Why are you timid and afraid, O you of little faith? He calmed the raging sea, and the word says there was a wonderful calm, a perfect peaceableness. When we pray in our most tumultuous times, Jesus sees our need, and he will calm the raging sea around us as well. As he pointed out, it is our job to have faith in him. It's not easy, but with every trial, we learn that he is with us. The disciples were with him in person and still lost their faith, so we are not expected to be perfect. But this is a perfect example of a place we can grow and what Jesus can and will do for us. Let us pray for more faith, my friend. God will answer our prayer. Let's see what's happening in the early church in Acts chapter 15. The church was growing fast. However, there was a point of contention from some of the Pharisees who had become Christians. They just couldn't leave their teachings behind them and believed the new Gentile believers should be circumcised. Paul and Barnabas went back to Jerusalem to discuss the matter. Paul argued that grace surpassed the ritual. Jesus came to offer grace. Verse 10 says, Now then, why do you try to test God by putting a yoke on the necks of the disciples, such as neither our forefathers nor we ourselves were able to endure? Paul knew the law couldn't save people. They had failed under the law and didn't see improvement in the conduct when people resorted to continue to live under it. Instead, he offered this counsel in verse 11, But we believe that we are saved through the grace, the undeserved favor and mercy of the Lord Jesus, just as they are. This is a verse to hang on every word. When we get caught up in the shoulds of this world, we must revert back to grace, the undeserved favor and mercy that Jesus offered. There is nothing we can add to his sacrifice. It is already done, and no earthly act can make it better. James addressed the people with good counsel in verse 19 and said, Therefore, it is my opinion that we should not put obstacles in the way of and annoy and disturb those of the Gentiles who turn to God. So they sent word to all the people to clarify their position. At the end of the chapter, we see Paul's zeal for the people once again. He wanted to go and visit all the churches he had started and encourage them. 
We also read about a breakup happening between himself and Barnabas. Barnabas wanted to take Mark with him, but Paul didn't. Mark hadn't finished his commitment in the past, and Paul didn't have faith that he would do it this time. His reputation was hurt. Our reputations follow us, but let us do all we do with excellence and be people of our word. It is important for today and for our futures. Let's see what's happening in Second Chronicles chapter 11. Yesterday, we read that Rehoboam made a bad decision to increase the burden his father had put on the people, and they revolted. Today, we read he gathered troops to fight the other ten tribes. However, they were warned by a man of God to not fight. In verse 4, we read what God had to say to Rehoboam. You shall not go up or fight against your brethren. Return every man to his house, for this thing is from me. And they obeyed the Lord and returned from going against Jeroboam. We have read about Jeroboam before. He rose to lead the other ten tribes of Israel. He was so afraid the people would go back under the reign of Judah if they were being allowed to worship and bring sacrifices to Jerusalem as they were accustomed to do. So he threw out all the Levitical priests and built two shrines with golden calves for the people to worship instead. The Levitical priests went to live in Judah and Jerusalem because they were thrown out. Chapter 12 tells us that Rehoboam strengthened himself and forsook the Lord. He spent time fortifying his cities so they would be safe against attacks from the enemies. When this was complete, he started relying on his own works instead of God. Well, God always has the last word. Since the people had turned from him, he sent Egypt after them. All the strengthening of the walls of the city could not hold the wrath of God at bay. They were overtaken and became servants to the Egyptians. Rehoboam eventually humbled himself before the Lord, and God didn't allow the Egyptians to completely decimate Jerusalem and Judah. Rehoboam was able to continue in his 17-year reign. There was continual war, though, between him and the other ten tribes of Israel. His reign was not a peaceful one like his father Solomon's was. Let us continually humble ourselves before the Lord. We read about how it went for many people when they started relying on their own ability as opposed to relying on God. Let's see what Psalm 5 has to tell us today. This is one of my very favorite psalms. David is in distress from his enemies, but he is steadfast in his faith in God. Verse 3 changed my life and says, In the morning you hear my voice, O Lord. In the morning I prepare a prayer, a sacrifice for you, and wait and watch for you to speak to my heart. A simple prayer, also called a sacrifice, was made by David every day. Anything we do day after day can become a sacrifice. But no matter what is happening in our lives, a prayer is the simplest of sacrifices. I started writing daily prayers to the Lord, and it changed the course of the rest of my life. God became as real to me as someone sitting next to me. God desires our hearts, my friend. We read about this every day in the Old Testament. And because his heart desires ours, he sent his son to die for us so we could be one with him. This is certainly something to praise God for today and every day. As we read on through this psalm, David's distress is clear, but he continues to thwart the evil of others with his heart and belief in God. Verse 7 stands out to me and says, But as for me, I will enter your house through the abundance of your steadfast love and mercy. I will worship toward and at your holy temple in reverent fear and awe of you. We enter God's presence through his abundant love. How beautiful. There is nothing we can do to earn God's love, and his love for us is great. Just as we read about his continued attempts to draw the Israelites close to himself, he desires close relationship with us. Let us receive the abundant love he has for us and enter into his presence. David prays that God will lead him into God's righteousness in verse 8. Don't miss this. God will lead us into his righteousness. We cannot be righteous without him or his guidance, and we certainly cannot be righteous without the blood of his son. He has done it all. There is nothing we can do here on our own to become righteous. We have to be led by God. 
Finally, verse 12 says, For you, Lord, will bless the uncompromisingly righteous, him who is upright and in right standing with you. As with a shield, you will surround him with goodwill, pleasure, and favor. Yes, God will bless us as we follow him. He is our shield, and he surrounds us with goodwill, pleasure, and favor. All glory be to God. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, thank you for your word that encourages us and speaks to our hearts. Increase our faith in you, Lord. You are great and almighty and are greatly to be praised. You and only you can lead us into the path of righteousness. Keep us seeking after you in your ways, your perfect will, and your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.